Coming up, here at Circle Debate Podcast, episode 71, 71, 71, as we're here giving our recap, hearing from Money Mike, recap of All Out, and of course, MGCs, I don't know what he's doing, but he's I guess you can see his fingers there being himself. I mean, it's it's not below your waist, Matt, so you, you can't hit me. How do you know I'm not standing on my chair right now? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we'll recap AEW's Dynamite, Pro Wrestling News, and much, much more. And also New Japan, uh, G1 discussing MP and PWI's 500 top list as well, giving our thoughts about the top 10. And much, much more. So don't not go anywhere as episode 71 begins right now. And welcome, everyone, to the Circle of Debate podcast, episode 71. Man, 71 episodes in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the host of DB's One I've Been C. Here with me, Familia, the West, West side of D-Generation West, the four horsemen, but obviously one of our horsemen is up in North Carolina. North He's Carolina. There. He's out there actually performing on a festival this weekend. So we wish our brother, the director, the one and only CK1, Chris Kennedy, an awesome performance, best of luck, and hopefully we get a blog. I hope so, you know, we, you never know. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and introduce my other brothers, the other host of Circle Debate. Let me introduce, uh, he's, uh, he's the calluses of all calluses. Uh, he is the 69 questions and the CS the 69 answers for you to understand why he is MGC Matthew Don Callis Steamboat Switchblade. Yeah, so Mother Callis, Brother um, Callis. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were like a nun at first. <laughs> Oh, oh shit! I'm like an Egyptian elephant nun. Ah, okay. <laughs> or I'm an, I'm an Egyptian pharaoh with an elephant trunk. Like, oh my god! The For things the- you could, <laughs> the things that you could do with the stuff you have lying around. A- so <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear it. <laughs> There you go. Nobody rocks, baby. There you go. Yep. And of course, I have to introduce this individual because he just not only does he live a thousand nine hundred and seventy-seven thousand miles. Get that, make that clear, please. Yes. 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 But he's also the undefeated, the undisputed, the unrivaled, and the unmatched. And he is uncensored. Because Ooh, he's why? Because he is money. God damn right. I'll tell you what. By God. By God. 
of course uncensored unruly all that great stuff man 71 my goodness let's get this party started baby yeah we're, we're getting the party started we're getting oh, the party started that is right and of course uh we did not do a watch along for last week because we were too busy and we didn't want to get striked either as well we're on social medias and all over because yeah we don't want to get a strike on them no 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 but we strikes. did have a phenomenal time as for enjoying all out sitting down barbecuing having some burgers some risotto courtesy of matt callis and nice bacon yeah. risotto i finished the whole thing by the way <laughs> and mike just letting you know that bowls that bowl is yours to keep so consider uh, yeah. that the other i actually um for those uh for our listeners uh and watchers uh so matt callis was so kind to bring a dish of risotto uh to the barbecue which was held at my place and yeah um i finished the whole thing it was so delicious i cleaned up the bowl shined it up real nice <laughs> and and i put it in my uh no don't 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 think don't think bad uh i put it right there in my in my cubby so uh um you know it's nice and well kept for sure you could have you could have ramen in it and those bowls are pretty handy it's the perfect size for for noodle soup yeah, it is so. a perfect size Definitely, yep. it is. It is, and well, of course, money might. My elephant trunk agrees with you. Oh goodness! So does, I was about to say, so does mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god! No, and, and, and really, I, I just want to say thank you for to Circle of Debate for coming down to the house. Uh, sure, next time we'll, we'll we'll do like a like a mini vlog or something, right? Yeah. You know, for sure. We'll see. We'll see what's up. Absolutely and absolutely for all of our audio platform listeners, money, money, Mike, Miss Trombone. Well, it's not a trombone, right? What is it? It's a, it's a clarinet. Clarinet. But I do have me. a trombone around here somewhere. And of course, Matt Cal is dressed up like a nun. <laughs> Egyptian nun. Egyptian nun. <laughs> but let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's talk. Let's hear our brothers right here their thoughts of All Out. So I'm going to go ahead and pass this on to the callus himself. He's going to answer those six, nine questions for you. Take it away. Your thoughts about All Out overall. You know, the main, my main response to everybody in the league is, you know, and this is a special shout out to G the founder of GSW because he's a big follower of, um, you know, a holy follower, a holy, just, you know, a holy oh. follower in the church of King's Road Pro Wrestling. That's the style of wrestling from all Japan. And Eddie Kingston is a follower of King's Road Pro Wrestling. Like, you, you overheard Excalibur talk about the, the four holy pillars of that, of all Japan pro wrestling. So, it's so even the bunny, boy, oh, yeah, it's a dog. Okay, I almost thought you were holding up a bunny dog. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that Eddie Kingston, a lot of his moveset, it's very reminiscent of that early 90s All Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, that's a, the King's Road style is very distinctly different from New Japan's Strong Style or Noah's Odo Style. So definitely it's something to look into. That's where Misawa got his start. That's where Muda held titles. It's a lot of things to look into. A lot of amazing people coming from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Very much underrated. Absolutely, absolutely. You're preaching. You're preaching it right. You're preaching the holy grail of all Japan. The Redeemer. The, the Redeemer. Redeemer. 
<laughs> this is I guess we could call this the Redeemer version of, of that. The God's favorite version. podcaster, I'll tell you what. God's, oh, God's there you favorite go. podcaster. <laughs> this is the God's favorite podcaster look. A belt hat. If you want uh, the God's favorite podcaster look, all you need is a t-shirt and a belt. And the belt and the belt has to hang over your face like an elephant trunk, just like this. <laughs> Oh my god. Money Mike. Your thoughts. <laughs> it's hard to follow that sort of thing. Um, but man, all out was uh they went all out, pun fully intended. Yes. Um, man, I had a blast watching this, and not just because you know we saw it as circles debate, um, but because it was a worthy pay-per-view. The the on the message boards. Uh, by the way, we have a Facebook group called Circle of Debate. Go check that out. Um, on the message boards, we've seen how, yeah, you know, All Out can be compared to uh, uh, top pay-per-views, right? Like WrestleMania 17 or, or Survivor Series 03. Uh, you can definitely put this pay-per-view up there with the best of them. And, man, match of the night for sure has to be is Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Uh, I heard, uh, who was it, Bully Ray say, oh, it was just a spot fest and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Uh, sure, you know, Bully Ray, you're a, a Hall of Famer or, you know, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if you enjoy it, if I would have brought my brother who doesn't watch nothing of wrestling and I would have put that match on, I'm pretty sure he would enjoy it. It's, it's kind of like... Um, if I were to compare it in music, right? You have the, the Black Album from Metallica. It's easily digestible. It's something that, you know, you could easily get into. Um, it, it's not necessarily the most technical battle, but it's something that someone brand new could be like, whoa, what is this sort of thing, you know? Um, but yeah, so that, that was my match of the night by far. CM Punk and Darby Allen, I feel like, uh, and actually I, I shared this, uh, on my Facebook that it, they kind of uh, emulated or, or paid, paid tributes or copied, whatever your version is, um, Bret Hart and the 123 Kid in the WWF. So uh, uh, some of the spots were move for move, right? And um, if you look that up, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube by now, uh, you know, so you could compare and check that out it's, and, and see, you know, it's a very interesting thing. Um, Omega and Christian, uh, you know, it it is overshadowed by what happened after the match. But let's not forget that these are two top wrestlers, two uh, at the top of their game. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yes, of course, you know, you have Adam Cole, baby. And, well, no, that's RVD. It's just one hand for Adam Cole. Um, and, uh, and, of course, Brian Danielson. Uh, coming out, yeah, my goodness, it, it, you know, it, it, I, I, I was, I'm about to say you can't write this sort of thing, but apparently you can, and it's happening in AEW, so bravo. Absolutely, bravo for that, you're absolutely right, it was an excellent pay-per-view, could be a top five pay-per-view of 2021, maybe of all time, possibly so, it could be to that route, and you know, you spoke about, you know, Brian Danielson and 
Adam Cole making their debut. Baby. Baby, that's right. I still won't forget when we were watching it and Chris took off his shirt. <laughs> I don't know why he took off his shirt. This is Chris's shirt I'm wearing on my head yeah, right now. <laughs> I, we should have blogged that, but we were too astonished and seeing what was happening in front of our eyes and we didn't realize we're fucking, we got to record this. No, <laughs> but it was just funny for Chris taking off the shirt overall. That was hilarious. Uh, but exciting moment for professional wrestling. And what a, what a, what a, what a time to be a pro wrestling fan, especially. What a time. Oh, what a fucking time, man. What a time. Like I said, you're welcome because if we all here have gone through eras of professional wrestling in this era for all, uh, for all the newcomers, you're welcome because we supported this since day one as for a fact. And then we, we did see the post conferences. We did see Daniel Bryan giving, I mean, excuse me, Bryan Danielson. You know, the dragon giving his thoughts of why he wanted to come. And it was a hard decision for him. And hearing him talk, speaking about, you know, he loves Vince, but Vince overprotects him too much. Uh, and it makes, you know, because, you know, it, it all connects ties to his wife because they still have endorsements and they have deals with them and they're still doing business. Uh, that, he, that he was asked, oh, is Breeze going to come to AEW? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Which I don't, I believe not to. And then not only that, his father-in-law, Johnny Ace, couldn't hire him. <laughs> couldn't get him back. So, yeah, he failed on that one. So, I, and then, you know, hearing Vince McMahon saying, oh, yeah, well, hey, pal, we got to have a creative meeting. We got to, you know, spike up Raw. We'll get into that, what happened to the demographics for Raw. But and then seeing Adam Cole's post, you know, press conference as well. Why he decided to leave? Why he did? You know, it, it. We all knew that Cole was coming regardless. Brian Danielson was the one that we were iffy about, and now it then became in fruition. And I cannot wait of what these two, the gentlemen's future holds in AEW. And I cannot wait. I, I don't know if you guys saw the post conference, gentlemen. So I mean, your thoughts of hearing the words of Brian Danielson making a decision why. He came to the AEW, him saying, because I'm, I know I'm the best, and I know that I'm all elite. And I saw him and, you know, for him to really mark, you know, put those both statements that he's he came here to have a pro wrestling career and elevate the actual definition of professional wrestling. And I, and I love when he said that. So I don't know how you guys feel about this post-conference. So I'll go with you, Bunny Mike. I don't know if you saw that post conference. What were your thoughts? Yes, so. I did. Um, it, it it reflected what he said after <coughs> after the show in the ring, uh, but I guess it was a little bit more in depth. That and the basic basically the the point is the talent at AEW is what brought him to AEW, right? And that goes to show that you know people like Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and uh, you know, Sammy Guevara, to name a few, um, that are, you know, tried and true AEW people, um, is appealing enough for someone the caliber of Brian Daniel. I was about to say Daniel Bryan, of uh, Brian Danielson to come over. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm sure money was thrown at him. And from what I heard, um, I heard that Vince was going to let him go to New Japan. For a few dates. At least that's what I heard, people. Um, and if that is true, 
then man, you know, just the appeal of the talent. And, and he said it himself. The, the appeal of the talent there is what took him there. And honestly, I am glad that he's there because he's going to elevate, you know. I feel like he did everything in WWE already to this point. And again, we don't know what the future holds for both companies. AEW could turn sports entertainment in 10 years. We don't know, right? Agreed. It could be totally, totally ass backwards uh, in a decade. But we're here now. And at this point, I feel Daniel Bryan, and I feel like a lot of people probably forgot that he is a professional wrestler at heart, you know, more so than a sports entertainer. People had their doubts on Daniel Bryan when he stepped into NXT, right? And he was uh, the Miz's uh, junior or whatever, or trainee. Um, people forget that Daniel Bryan is what is not what Vince usually goes for. So for him, for him to go from that sort of scenario, being fired for uh, choking out Justin Roberts, which I hope to see some follow-up in AEW, um, to go from that to Vince basically telling you, dude, here's all this money, here's New Japan pro wrestling uh, matches, stay, don't go there. It's crazy. It's insane. And uh, But yeah, long story short, I'm glad he's there. All right. Matt Callis. Give me what I want. They should have just added the nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing is over. That's not what I want. Give me one. We're going to get a lot of what you're going to want, especially now with Brian Danielson there and Adam Cole. We're going to see a lot of that. I cannot wait. So let's get into it. Let's talk about now the aftermath. You know, chapters are closed and new ones are beginning. And they started off with Dynamite. So let's start off with the opening match. We did see Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes. Of course, Malachi picking up the win, the upset, uh, with his, uh, his kick. But it wasn't the best kick in the world, I would say, <laughs> given my very thoughts, briefly of the match. It was okay in the beginning, but there was a lot of botches there from Dustin. I guess the chemistry was not there too much. Um... But no matter what, I mean, overall, it was a great match, great opening. And uh, now we hear the announcement that in two weeks, we will see uh, Malachi versus Cody. And heard anybody but Cody, but we all have a feeling this is going to happen. Malachi's first loss to Cody Rhodes. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So I'll go with you, Matt Callis. Go back to you. Your thoughts on the opening match of Malachi and Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, a lot of – Dustin was really getting in a good amount of offense – I kind of like when they let Malachi do all the Muay Thai stuff, you know. I Once again, I kind of wish he, were, he wrestled with a skull on. Some type of, maybe like a version, like a rubber Shao skull Khan. you could put on. Yeah, Shao Kahn. Malachi Khan, you know. Maybe that's his <laughs> next form. Vega Malachi. He'd have like the claws and the skull, you know. And maybe he comes in with wings and he flies to the ring. And then, you know, he throws dark coffee at people, you know. That sounds energizing. It makes, it makes me want to. It makes me want to comb these long, luscious locks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, overall, it was it was definitely an improvement over last week. I, that, I'd say it's probably one of my favorites so far of him because so far it's just been kind of squashy on yeah. his. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's all I'll say about that. Oh. <laughs> 
Money Mike. Okay, I get it. Hashtag anybody but Cody. I get it. I understand. I, 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 I identify with it to an extent. And I'm okay with Cody picking up the win. Had Cody won during the debut of Malachi Black, I would have been like, yeah, anybody but Cody. I would have been right there front and center with the flag, right? Uh, let's in, circle debate uh, invades dynamite sort of thing. Um, but yes, but that's not the case. Malachi Black has been given matches uh, and he's been dominant in them. I'm okay with there being a loss if he if Malachi wins the rubber match. If there's a third stipulation involved and Malachi wins. I feel Malachi has to win this rivalry. So that being said, let's see what happens. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, we did get the CM Punk segment. We did get that. And now it looks like uh, he's heading to a new story now with Team Taz. As we Obviously, Scalibur was not there because uh, he's getting married. Congratulations, by the way, Scalibur. You're getting married. Congratulations. And also off the subject, congratulations to our brother Leo, our music producer, as the baby Atlas is on his on his way, and yeah, he's right now in the at the medical facility. How they say, <laughs> as he's waiting to be having his his wife Aileen is having the newborn coming up, Mister uh, Atlas Decoy. So congratulations! No, it's, happens. no wonder I kind of look like Whoopi Goldberg today. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> and then Taz saying, oh, don't ever mention about Team Taz ever again. I hear you mention them, like, it threw me off. Like, what the, what, what the, what that? Like, he didn't even say nothing about Team Taz. I like, think I know, in an interview, he did say he wanted to face Ricky Starks. He did say One of CM Punk's interviews. But I got to give it to CM Punk. He was definitely, he said, you know, all the people he was putting over on the mic, he wanted to make sure all the attention wasn't just on him and not off everybody else. Like he mentioned Ruby Riot. He mentioned Minoru Suzuki. He says, I'm going to watch that match tonight as a fan. You, the pancreased legend, like all the people, I think that was a direct address to all the people who don't know who Minoru Suzuki is. And they're like disrespecting his name, you know, saying, who is this old Japanese guy? CM Punk's like, you need to know who he is. He's a legend of Pancrase. He defeated Ken Shamrock, all these things. And and when Punk's telling you himself, you better listen because he's the voice, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. But now we're going to see now the next feud of Punk. Now we know it's Team Taz. So, I mean. Like Ricky Starks and Punk's going to be pretty good. Yeah, right. I think so, too. I think. I don't know I, about Hobbs. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of a fearful one. Still kind of green. But you could, you could give him a lesson. I think a squash with Hobbs with Punk would be kind of, you know. We, you don't I don't think what? that's going to happen. You don't think Educational. so? Huh? No. He's there to build up. And I'm pretty sure that's his main goal for Punk, uh, to build up talent. And if he squashes uh, someone as big as Hobbs, and I'm talking about physically, mm. uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to uh, look good, you know. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you guys. You know, I have a, a little feeling. bit more competitive. Yeah. You know what? I have a feeling, though. I have a feeling that Punk will probably submit him and the Condo Vice. Mm. I don't know how you guys feel about that. First of all, how do you guys feel about this feud? So I'll go with you, Money Mike. Um, 
I could do without it, to be honest. Um, you know, nobody, at least for, uh, from what I know, nobody said, man, you know, I wish CM Punk would go to AEW uh, so he can feud with Team Taz. You know, that's a dream. No offense to the guys, no offense to Hook and uh, um, Starks and Hobbs. Honestly, man, I feel like a missed opportunity. If this was um, Punk's first actual feud, I'm, I'm not really counting the Darby stuff. That was just a, a one and done, in my opinion. Yeah. But a, a first feud, Brian Cage should have been in there. Brian Cage should have been, uh, you know, in Team Taz, and that should have been Punk's first rivalry, in my opinion. So, yeah, huge missed opportunity. They kicked him out for what? No reason whatsoever. He could have still been in there. What, what, what group is Brian Cage in right now? Right? It's just, it, honestly, it was a waste of, uh, of a storyline, I guess. I don't know. But that's my opinion. Do you feel the same money? I mean, Mike, Matt Callis. <laughs> money, Matt. Money, Matt. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they got these money locks right here. No, but um, just Ricky, Ricky Starks is probably just going to be the main one. The other two are just kind of kind of be filler, more or less. It's gonna at, at least it's going to be treated like because I I know one thing if you if you've been listening to the Cornette podcast I've been I've been it's been circuit this term's been circulating in my head a policeman before like in a faction right before you get to the guy you're going after you've got a policeman that you have to go through. So that's like the, I'd say it's like a henchman, but I guess policeman might be more. It's like, you know, I guess I guess Hobbs is like a policeman for uh, Ricky Starks. So you got to beat Hobbs before you get to Starks, you know, in the levels. I don't I don't know anything about Hooks, how he is in the ring. I've never seen him in the ring at all, so we don't know. That could go any kind of ways yeah. if we, if that actually happens. I think we're all waiting for his debut. I think I want to see Taz's son hook to get in the ring. I mean, the guy is I'm, fit. I mean, I, I personally don't think he's ready yet, and I don't know if I want to see it. But if I was Hook, man, imagine your first ever TV match is against CM Punk of all people. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Being in those it's, shoes. That, if, would if, be, if, that would be that, Dominic's first match. Oh, yeah. Mm. No. Very, very true. That kind of thing. Your first match being a major name opponent, you know. So I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And of course, we did see that Hob and Dante, but we're not really going to speak about that. It's just it was kind of a squash. But it is what it is on that. Uh, then we did get the MGF uh, segment. Another another surprise. Now it's and I love that segment. Um, I I know that it's went overboard. People do not like it. Well, certain people. But I fucking loved it. He buried the whole town of Cincinnati very extremely bad. And it, and then with, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. And then was his sister and then his auntie. I mean, shit, you know. You got to give it to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. You got to give it to the man. You know, for Real quickly, a quick question to both of you guys. Have either of you tried Skyline Chili? No, I have not. I've been so... I have family in Cincinnati, and I've been there at least maybe like five or six times. Skyline Chili is all right. You know, I'd say I'll agree with MJF on that notion. <laughs> <laughs> My first baseball cap is a Cincinnati Reds hat. 
but in, in general, like, I, I, I mean, this would be kind of like a good build-up feud for Brian Pillman Jr. This would be kind of good if he goes over, uh, goes over MJF. That would be really good to build up Brian Pillman as a babyface on the roster. You know, make him a little bit more credible and get him, yeah, so he could go over more. Uh, heels on the roster. I mean, he's got the heritage and everything. You know, it'll be kind of like Randy Orton when he was, you know, a baby face. Mm. Young. Okay. I like that. Pillman Ish. Jr.'s got potential. Keep he an does. eye out. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. You feel the same way, Money Mike? Yes. Uh, I mean, most points. I don't like the whole cheerleading thing. I feel like you know, just my opinion, Jofo, right? Just yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like it either, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not. Yeah, Barcy isn't really my get my cup of tea either. He could grow out of it, you know. I, I'm I'm expecting him to. I feel like yeah. it is going to happen that he's gonna you know grow out of this whole uh, yay you know cheerleading thing. Graduate, you know. I ah, I like that. Graduate. Um, shit from that, of course, and um. Yes. Do I think he's going to get a win over MJF? No, I don't. I, you know, sorry. I don't think so. Um, because, uh, you know, MJF is coming off a loss from Chris Jericho. You know, MJF, MJF has to return to his winning, winning ways. And um, is it a great matchup? I, th I actually think so. I, I think that both are the future of the company and they have, very very different uh, styles and personas, so it should be it should make for a fun small feud for a week for a few weeks long, and uh, uh, I don't expect it going beyond the Grand Slam show, you know. So there's that. I I, I think another thing of note for MJF and, and Perlman Jr. is that even before AEW, they were they were feuding with each other over at MLW. That was a big that was a really oh. long story. You know, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and the Heart, the New Heart Foundation, up against you know, Holiday, of course. Who's Holiday was appearing for GSW as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Ivan. it was the, uh, the when it was uh, MJF Holiday, I think the Dynasty. And ha and Hammerstone is also appearing with GSW now. So yes. Hammerstone and Holiday, you know, that was those were the guys uh, Pillman was feuding with. That so I mean, he's definitely has. He's faced MJF before, one-on-one -on -one and in, in several tag matches in, in at the Indies and MLW. So the who who they could go in a different direction with this, or Pillman could try something new. You know, the loose cannon, Brian Pillman Jr. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you guys on on those two with Pillman. I think, you know, he's right now probably growing, just probably growing that other character develop, development. You know, maybe right now he's busting what he, what him and, you know, what his father and, you know, Austin did, the Hollywood Blondes. So there's, okay, let's start off with this similar character base, but we're varsities, you know, we're like the varsity blue version, you know, like, hey, you know, varsity blondes, we, you know, we're pretty much like graduates, college graduates you know, going through this division. And then maybe later on we see him snapping out of it and, and snapping on, on Griff Garrison, on Julia Hart, and it's becoming the loose cannon. 
but in his own t- type of character. Because I know that he's not trying to be like his dad, but I'm pretty sure that he he has that charisma to be like his father. But it doesn't have to mean that he has to be ex- the exact character like his father portrayed during his tenure. So, I mean, hopefully we see the best future for Brian Pillman Jr. And I'm look, I cannot wait for that to, you know, to become for fruition. All right. And then we did get the Ruby Soho in-ring debut versus Jamie Hayter. Ruby, Ruby Soho. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty, you know, even if I, I didn't really, I haven't listened to that much Rancid, you know, that song was way too catchy for its own good. It's, it's too catchy. I was like, I was like making, I was making a sandwich in the morning, like Ruby, Ruby. Oh man, <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays, you know. Ruby Tuesdays. Mm. Oh, that sounds good, man. Make it be sponsored hungry. by. <laughs> <laughs> sooner or later, sooner or later, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, um, it was, a, it was a okay performance. It wasn't the best, but it was okay. A mm. uh, couple of little botches, but it was, you know. I'm pretty sure, by the looks of it, I don't know, Ruby looks like she was nervous. That's just me, my opinion. She looked a little nervous. But, you know, great, you know, great win, pickup win. Now we're going to see now this feud coming in fruition now, and then with the involvement of Chris Statlander and Riho, uh, which we'll get into Rampage preview them after in, in a bit. But I'll take it to you, Matt Callis, taking it back to you. So here's the, yeah. Here's the important thing to get from uh, Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Uh, destination is known. And so one of the main things to get out of this is that AEW hasn't had a baby face. You know, I mean, uh, the, they are pretty unique, but like like a baby face, not only you can cheer for, but also is that you can kind of like, I really identify with. You know, because like, like she does cool, but she doesn't. She doesn't have. She doesn't do a whole lot of mic stuff. She doesn't have too much that the audience could kind of latch on to and see themselves in. Mm-hmm. I know. I know the many, all the countless skateboarder and punk rock girls across the United States are looking for that role. That role model. You know, that role model. That's a, that's right on to Brit. You know. That's a, and, you know, they could see themselves in Ruby. So that's going to be kind of, you know, just kind of like imagining like Avril Lavigne if she was actually fighting Britney Spears in the ring. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, that's kind of, that's the kind of thing people had in their heads psychologically, us against them, punk rock versus pop music, you know. So they could probably, if, if they kind of work this, there's a psychology the, to this, both in the fans and in the wrestlers, to get you kind of, you know, the jocks versus the the goss and the punks. And, you know, it was a, the same thing was kind of going on with Darby when he was fighting the up against, you know, men of the year and King Taz. It was it was the punk rock kid versus the bullies, you know, and now we're going to see the girl version of that. We got mean girls versus the punk rock kids. Punk, so same thing. We yeah, if you get the kids to watch and identify with that, it's like, that's my hero. And then they're going to like, ooh. And then they'll sell that merch. Like, I could be punk rock like Ruby Riot too. I mean, Ruby Ruby Soho, too. So Ruby, Ruby Soho, Ruby. Yeah, so rather than the in-ring stuff, you know, regardless, that's – I think this is the kind of baby face the women's division's needed. 
because it's been either heel heavy or just like the their baby faces haven't been like all that verbal, you know. Hmm. Buddy Mike, do you agree with it? You're a mute. Say it ain't so. Okay, here we go. Um, yes, I definitely agree with Matt and Mr. MGC Callis that, and, and you know, I was thinking about that the other day because I feel that a lot of the appeal of, say, Britt Baker, right, is that she's kind of almost relatable. And of course, I'm not saying that everybody's a dentist, but in the way of she's not necessarily, you know, the blonde supermodel or, 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 you know, something that um, is usually seen as unattainable, right? It, it, it's, she's very, she seems kind of relatable in the way that, you know, you could speak to her or if you find her in the street, you know, you could have a conversation. It seems that way with Ruby Soho to me in that she is relatable uh, with a lot of people, like how Matt was saying, the punk rock audience, right? Um, uh, and, and, you know, it, of course, there's all different kinds of people, but if we're talking about wrestling and, and you know, all that sort of thing, hard-hitting action, I feel Ruby Soho could uh, definitely capture a, a wide audience, you know? Um, so yeah, so definitely, and, and she's not bad in the ring. I do feel that she was nervous, um, and I maybe not just her, but Jamie Hayter also probably was nervous going up against someone with the the name and caliber of Ruby Soho. So I feel like you know something like that happens. But um, all in all, I look forward to seeing what they do with her. I don't think she'll win the the title off of Brit. I don't think that's going to happen, but the, as we always say, the chase is better than, you know, than having the belt all the time. So the, better than the destination. There you go. Which is at this point known, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I got to say about J especially Jamie Hayter, definitely. Every, I urge everybody watching this is to, to watch her past matches in stardom where here's like half orange, half black. And, you know, she's faced Riho before. She's faced countless members of the stardom lineup. So, so Jamie, you know, it, and, and once again, I won't shut up, about, shut up about this. If she does, like, it's okay for her not to get that title, but I want there to be more titles for the women, you know. We need, like we a need TNT equivalent. Yeah, we need the women's CNT and we uh, and the and the tag titles. I definitely agree. And this is fuck it. This is the case because I wanted to save save this all for NXT. The hell with it. Give it to AEW. Fuck it. Make a diamond championship for the women. At least a diamond championship. Something that is like an IC belt for them, like an intercontinental for the women. And they could shape it as a butterfly. No, no, <laughs> no butterflies. <laughs> Butterflies? No, no butterflies. No, we're done with that. That era is over. No, we need something, some really uh, a prestigious belt that means, like, yeah, make make it a female version TNT belt, but don't call it the TNT Women's Champion. Call it the, hey, you know, TBS or or TBS from Rampage. Ah, Tony Khan, call us. He, he watches the show, you know. Yeah, he does. We love you, Tony Khan. We love. You. Tony Khan's going to be wearing this on, on Dynamite. He's going to be like the authority figure. I'm the Pharaoh Tony Khan. <laughs>
Obey me. <laughs> There's already a pharaoh in AEW, Matt. Oh, yeah, the dog. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we did get the uh, pinnacle, the pinnacle, <clears throat> the pinnacle. The, you know, FTR and Sean Spears defeating Dark Order, Evo Uno, Stu Grayson, and, and Sean Silver. I'm sad, man. They're really breaking this one. Since um, since last week, you know, then this past week, you had Evo Uno versus, you know, Alan Five Angels, and then you're seeing all this separation already, and it's it's unfortunate it's happening, you know. And but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this right away, Joe. I, I want to. I'm Tony Khan when he gave his post conference to say why he decided to switch shift gears differently with the Adam Hangman Page Kenny Omega storyline. You know, he gave Adam the time because newborn, and he requested the time to take off to be with a newborn and his family, his wife. So it's very understanding. I feel, and this is just me, that I'm guessing the storyline. They're making like a little civil war within Dark Order. Two things can either happen. One could be either they're saving it for Hangman to come and regroup everyone together and then go right after the elite. That could be one. Maybe, okay, they're all fighting each other. They start separating, and then uh, they start competing within each other, and then next thing you know, Adam comes and then saves the day and regroups everyone to get on the same page and go right after the elite, finish his job the way he booted. We know where he started. That's just one. Or, or then I'm here. <laughs> yep. Then he's going to show up. And it turns everything evil or make it happy. Like, I'm here, guys. Hey. Uh, yes. No. Would, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think he's going to go more evil style. I hope so. New personality. Uh, new yeah. Personality. A new personality. I want that damn Joker personality of what of Wyndham. And I'm speaking about Bray Wyatt, but Wyndham Rotunda, ladies and gentlemen. I want – that could be that two things that could happen with this Dark Order storyline. So I don't know how you guys feel about it, so I'll go with you, Money Mike. Oh, I started salivating at the thought <laughs> of uh, the Cult of Wyndham. My goodness. Oh, yes. 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 I Man, I've said it. And you could look at the <laughs> archives, folks. You could look that up, go back, and check out that I did say that Dark Order needs to go back to being dark. It, it, by definition, that that's who they are. They're su- who they're supposed to be, not these. You know, uh, I mean, I I I, I enjoy John Silver on BTE making jokes, the Meat Man, and all that good stuff. Uh, Johnny Hungy, but Dark Order has to be Dark Order, and they got they need to get their ass kicked. It, you you have to break some eggs to make an omelet, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yes, uh, have this boil even more uh, to the point where these guys just can't stand each other. Out comes Mr. Rotunda, brings it all together, puts focus, and who knows, maybe cost Adam Hangman Page the match. Like, you know, you're the one that we wanted to have in the elite, in the, in the Dark Order, and you turned your back on us. You left. So now we're coming after you. There you go. Oh, shit. Just such good shit. Damn it. Callus, give your six nine answers. So, 
in particular, you guys, this is really something of note. This is the first time I'd say both Colt Cabana and CM Punk have been in the same building together. So that's that's an elephant in the room that should be addressed sooner or later, you know. Whether, I feel like I feel like they've handled that already. I mean, I'm no I I'm no fly in the wall, but I mean in in public because a lot a lot of the fans are still kind of like curious on what the status of that relationship is, you know. Because the night CM Punk appeared, Colt Cabana wasn't there. He was over at another show. He was at it was like Insane Clown Posse's wrestling league. They, they were both in the same building that night. And I was kind of waiting for CM Punk's like, I need to address the situation. And I'm like, really? Is it is Colt Cabana going to come out? You know, and it, it doesn't have to be a feud. I just got maybe we could have a reunion of the Second City Saints as a tag team. You know, that'd be that would be kind of cool. And then like other other than Wyndham Rotunda, um, you know, whether whether you folks like him or not, you know, though, you know, now that you're in remember, keep in mind, AEW is the place where you get to stretch your own creative muscles, how you want to be presented rather than how they tell you to be presented. So let's let's see what Adam Scher could do. You know, let's give him a chance. You know, that's let's let's keep those family together. You know, good Adam Sher and Wyndham Rotunda being good friends with John Huber, Brody Lee. So I mean, it wouldn't be bad to bring him into the picture somehow, somewhat. You know, and and Eric Redbeard. You know, yeah. Like uh, have 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 those guys in the picture, just kind of you know, representing and doing the thing. I thought Eric Redbeard was going to stick around for a minute when he appeared on the tribute show. I don't know what he's up to now. So he's more in the, in the around the Indies. So mm-hmm. uh, we, you never know. It, it's we're just waiting for that ninety days to go away for Wyndham, and then we're gonna just see him on AEW, and that's like the last couple pe- piece of the puzzle for Tony Khan and his little. Thanos type of ring like here, there you go. Got a windmill ah, here. Ha ha ha. I mean, are we going to are we going to talk about KO? Yes, after? we will. Okay, we will get there. We will all definitely right. get there. And of course, we did get the all elite segment. Uh, Adam Cole explaining why he's an AEW. Baby, baby, why he's an AEW. Kind of told Tony Shabani. Oh yeah, you look at my girl. Wrong, I will kick your fucking ass. I will beat Slap your ass. glasses off your face. <laughs> Slap this glasses out of your face, you nerd. Nerd. I'm a nerd <laughs> too, so too bad. But, but yes, uh, what a great segment. And then we did see Brian Danielson coming out, challenging Omega already. Well, you're, you're afraid of fighting me. And, of course, Omega trying to close line oh, Brian Danielson. But Brian Danielson with the, the label lock. It's not the yes lock. It's back to the LaBelle Lock, uh, originally known in Ring of Honor and PWG. The LaBelle Lock. Back again. Back again, that's right. And then we're going to see the crater mutilation pretty soon. Don't forget, now. I cannot wait. Ah! I'm going to have Flanders here because it's Brian Daniels, for God's sakes. Cranial mutilation? Yes. Huh. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Oh, you, you haven't seen that movie? I- no, I haven't. I've heard of that band, but I've not heard of that move. No, not yeah, yeah. Huh? Interesting. It. Yes. Uh, but yes, he does it very deadly. Shotzi already did it uh, on NXT. I think she's done it at SmackDown. I, I haven't really paid attention, but I'll show it to you when we're done recording. 
But yes, um, man, are we already getting this? This this is uh, already Brian Daniels' first match. Could this be already Omega? But here's the question that I have for both of you gentlemen. Should it be for the belt or should it be just a non-title? So I'm going with you, Money Mike, since you're shaking your head. No, no, no. no. It doesn't work that way here, Brian. We don't got Laurinaitis booking you in a thousand title matches. Oh, that match looks great. Shame if it would become a triple threat match. Hmm? No, that's not going to happen here, Brian Danielson. Um, No, he has to go through my beloved AEW rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, money is Mike's rankings. Rankings, rankings. Absolutely. And and wouldn't you want him to go through the rankings, to rack up victories, to go through matches, as many matches with as much talent as possible? That's the beauty of it, folks. That's the beauty of it. You get wins, you get the title shot. Imagine Danielson goes through the ladder of of, of matches and, and you see him against, you know, pick any name in AEW right now. I would like to see that, you know, earn the title shot. Brian, there you go. Don't just show up and put up a challenge. Earn it. There you go. Ah, uh, Mr. <laughs> the the what is it? The, God, the see, I'm already lost. The, the, words. the, the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh yeah. of podcasts. <laughs> God's favorite podcast. God's favorite, God's favorite podcast. <laughs> so, in particular. You know, I, I mentioned uh, the role of a policeman earlier. So I'm pretty sure Adam Cole, I mean, yeah, he's got to go through, Daniel Bryan's got to go through quite a number of guys. And uh, let me let me confirm with you guys, we've never seen Adam Cole versus uh, Brian, da- Brian Danielson ever. Yes, we have on SmackDown. We have. Wasn't that Smackdown. a Survivor Series? SmackDown. SmackDown. Oh, okay. And he lost clean to Adam Cole. Mm, this is during mm. the this is the Survivor Series where NXT got involved. So yeah. uh, maybe we'll see uh, maybe him versus Carl Anderson or any of the other guys in the meantime. You know, may- maybe Nakazawa goofing about, or you know, you guys ready? You guys want a sidewinder? You guys Please. want a sidewinder? I'm reeling in. Side, here's a sidewinder. Don't forget, Kenny's got friends in DDT Pro Wrestling. Konosuke Takeshita. I was re-watching those matches. Especially Konosuke, Konosuke Takeshita was on AEW Dark. Yeah, and on he was on Dynamite too, if I'm not mistaken. You know, facing, I think it was a trios match. Kenny was teamed with Takeshita and the Good Brothers or something like that against Danny Limelight and a few others. Takeshita, he's a four-time former DDT champion. He uses a song by one of my favorite bands, No God. They're a visual K band. It's all instrumental guitar, very sick. And he's got like a gajillion finishers. He might be like a secret weapon Kenny might have stashed in his back pocket. And that's somebody Brian Danielson's never faced. Oh, and here's, here's even more of a sidewinder. Takeshita's only 25. Oh, and shit. He, He's only 25, and he's been the champ, the top guy of DDT four times. And only 25, and he's the one who took Kenny in when he was living in Japan. Like, Kenny lived with him for and fed him and lived at his house. 
he's only 25. He's still young. So he could even pull the whole, I'm younger than you, I'm the newest bad boy in town. You know, who knows? He could turn on, he could turn on the elite and, and go against uh, Brian Danielson at the same time. So keep, keep an eye out. That's a sidewinder. That's a sidewinder. Interesting. Interesting. Watch, watch his finishers. He's a strain. He had a one-on-one. There's a free one-on-one match of him with Maki Ito on, on YouTube. I, I gotta watch that. Definitely. Yes, Maki Ito, we love you. Yeah. One-on-one with her. Yes. All right. Then we get the main event for Dynamites, even though it's a short one because it's a TV time. I didn't mention the other segments because there was too many. You had the Dan Lambert one, and then you have like, the Lucha Brother one, and had, it was just so many. Dan Lambert, you're great. You're, I just want to say very briefly, great promo guy, man. You like to pit, I love it, man. You piss people uh, off. I'll say this. Uh, you know, if we're talking Dan Lambert here, uh, my, the only tragedy is that Chael Sonnen is not involved in this. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> the same, oh my God. If oh, Chris my God. Was, if Chris was here, he would definitely agree with you. But I'm with you, too. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Because Chael Sonnen and AEW will make a lot of fucking sense. Oh, my God. That would be epic to see. Because he's a promo master himself, too. Man. Mm-hmm. The guy can talk. Shit. Shit. But, yes. Sean Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki-san. Aha. Yes. Of course, the king of gotch. The ma- he's a Shao Kahn of gotch wrestling. I'll tell you that. Mm. But, but, unfortunately, we only had, like, nine minutes of it. But don't be, don't be, you know, don't be pissed off, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, go back, go to the the beginning of USA, New Japan. Go back and watch that. The G One, you can watch him against Minori as well. Those are phenomenal matches. Unfortunately, we did not have the TV time, and I know there was so much shit to, to squeeze in in a two-hour show. But at least they did, they did the best they can for nine minutes. I'm not here defending AEW, okay? So don't think that we are AEW marks, okay? Because no, I am not, okay? No. Tell them. Tell them. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I love pro wrestling. Right? Tell me the wife. But yes. So, great match overall. Great brawl for all. I like the headbutt. Uh, now, I'm ch- someone someone will, will probably explain it to me. I missed it where he started bleeding. So, I'll go with you, Money Mike. I missed that part. I, I'm, you know, let us know your thoughts about the match. Okay. I'm kind of glad you came to me first. I feel like uh, I'm probably going to upset Matt here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Uh-oh. Okay. So I get it. It was Cincinnati. You got to give them the hometown boy, John Moxley, right? Um, I've never seen – and please, um, forgive my ignorance here and everybody watching and listening that I do not know – or have seen Minoru Suzuki uh, prior to this. So I, I feel like I'm not alone in that regard of, you know, um, oh, you know, who's this guy? I mean, I, I, I am not going to treat it the same way some other people have treated it, like, <laughs> oh, why they put this old guy, or, you know, or obscure Japanese wrestler with John Moxley. I'll tell you what. Um, no, I think that people should be open to d- different styles, different wrestlers, different countries. I'm definitely open to it. However, I'm yeah, the, my heart is wide open all the way <laughs> to the sky. Um, however, 
I'm a bit suspect of uh, maybe they should not have given it the main event spot in, in the way of maybe ratings because I would have wanted a little bit more um, build. build to it, right? Same. So I could I be in, invested uh, in the match itself. Suzuki came out at All Out and to the, to the crowd's credit, to a pop. Right. He came out and he, you know, people knew this man. They knew, they know who this guy is, pancreas and all that great stuff. Um, but to the casual person, myself included, shit, I'm a, oh, I'm a freaking casual and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, you know, uh, it, it, I have to look that up and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, all I'm going to say is that I do definitely 100% agree that they should have given them a bit more time uh, to tell the story. If they did not give us the buildup that I think we should have had, then at least give the time for it, you know, uh, which they did not. So I feel like that was kind of a missed step. So, of course, I'm not an AEW mark. I, what did I say? No, I am not an AEW mark. I criticize when it's granted. Matt. And rent. So, so here's here's one of the biggest things for this. Like, so the people from the Super J cast, they were pretty upset about it. And it was just a small, I'd say a small thing, but it's a, it's a major part of Minoru Suzuki's entrance. You really have to let that song finish the same way they let Jericho's Judas finish. Because everybody there knows the lyrics to Kaze Ni Nare. That's his theme song. Like everybody was at all out. Everybody knew the lyrics. You know, everybody there was screaming that one from the top of their lungs. Let that song finish because Moxley had a lot of extra time to celebrate by jumping around with the audience right after the show. Now, granted, I, I think the other re one of the other reasons why there, there wasn't enough of a build was I guess Minoru Suzuki is a bit like busy with he, he has to go to GCW he's coming to see us in LA pretty soon you know over at GCW uh, what venue I, I forgot the uh, sorry the GCW Ukrainian ballroom something like that yeah it's in Merrill's we're, we're gonna be there we're definitely gonna be there so then so but other than that I I did want to see more build to this and I was kind of maybe I, I would have preferred this on a pay-per-view. Maybe they could have just kept teasing this and kept us hungry for more. So I definitely 100% agree with you on that, Mike. You know, but I guess, you know, you want maybe Minoru Suzuki wanted to squeeze out a quick, brutal one. You know, it's like, it's like hot and fast cooking versus slow cooking the brisket, you know. Uh, you know, I, it, it would taste better when you take time to let it cook a little bit longer and slow. This, this was meant to be a slow yeah. cook. Now, to those not familiar with Minoru Suzuki, of course, we know him as like a brutal, tough shooter. But, but he definitely, he, he's a man, he's a shooter and a, and a tough guy who loves the entertainment and fun-loving side of it. That's why he was real, willing to wrestle in the rain in New Japan. Like they were, him and Okada did an hour match in the rain <laughs> outside with, with the woman who sings his song singing him to the ring. But here's another match I highly recommend to you guys. DDT, Minoru Suzuki versus this individual. 
it is Tak versus Takagi Sanchiro, and he's wrestling in like a in in like the baseball stadium of an empty dome, and there's all this goofy wackiness going on. There's these like dudes dressed up as <laughs> there's like a dude dressed as Nakamura jumping him. It's like not Shinsuke Nakamura. It's just the guy dressed as him, like trying to <laughs> who just tries to jump Minoru and he takes him down right away. So I highly recommend that match to everybody if you're able to find it through uh, legitimate means. Wink, wink. So definitely, man. But overall, I mean, I, I'm with you guys. They should have given him the time, but it. But like he said, Matt, yeah, he's right now. He's he's touring right now. He is going everywhere right now here in the United States because he has a lot of other promotions besides LA. He had to go into the Bay Area too. Man, the guy is busy right now. Yeah, a lot of and, a lot of. I think if there's anything that AEW understands, it's people's busy schedules and their wives and their kids. So you know, I mean, Mox has got to be home to his newborn. Minoru Suzuki got to be home to feed his kids back home. Cook up some, cook up some chicken for them, and all that good stuff. Some fried you know? chicken, Woo! yeah, yeah. Some, some uh, man, karage. That was the, <laughs> what it was. yeah. The name escaped me. Uh, yeah. And of course, by the way, this dynamite broke records again since their debut in 2019. They did it with their viewership of 1.319 viewers. Uh, but even though it did not beat Raw, but it beat him in the demographics extremely. In the 18-19, it beat him with 681 watching uh, in, in those, those demographics. Raw was only 678. So, yeah. Raw's in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll get into that a little bit because someone gave harsh words about them. But very briefly with uh, Rampage, the preview, we're not spoiling it here. We did it last week, and we're not going to spoil it. Tonight on Rampage, there's spoilers out there, but I have not read them. And I don't, that's the one thing here in Circle of Debate we do not do. We're fans just like you because we love it. We love it. So, break down the card very briefly. Only three matches in this card. We do have Brian Pillman Jr. versus Max Caster, which, by the way, the return of Max Caster, if you guys missed it on Dark, uh, he was given a script. He's like, yeah, he was saying his funny rhymes. And then he's like, then obviously um, his partner was like, well, what is the hell? You're, what are you doing? Like, well, well, they gave me the script, you know, because mm -hmm. you know what happened. And then he ripped it off, and then he went off. <laughs> he went off, and then you know, glad to see him back. And we do have Ruby Soho, Riho, and Riho, and Chris Statlander versus Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker, six man tag match, and of course, uh, main event is. Andrade El Idolo versus Pac. So those are the matches we're looking forward to. And I'm hoping tonight Rampage will be epic. And I'm pretty sure Money Mike's excited. Matt Cal is excited for what's going to happen with, you know, with Pac and Andrade. Who's going to take that one? Who do you got, Money Mike? Who do you got? Andrade El Idolo. Idolo. Claro right. que sí. Sí. Simón que sí. Of course, va a salir el, el papá de Charlotte, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. A lo mejor si viene el cabrón. A ver si viene. Hey. <laughs> what do you got, Matt? You got Pac or you got El Idolo? I'll go for, I'll go for El Idolo in, in, in no 
obvio y Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a little quick break, so make sure we'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and discuss pro wrestling news and discussing our thoughts about the PWI. PWI five top 500 list. Uh, we're gonna not gonna go obviously not go through all 500 of them. Hell no. We're I mean, just gonna. We could, but we're not. It's that's like, not. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> but we'll be right back. Uh, stay tuned with this message coming up, uh, which by the way is the commercial that we will be, of course, next week coming up the one year primetime live anniversary show. So want to see what is featuring? Look at this commercial very briefly. We'll be right back. We'll talk some more pro wrestling news. Old Fashioned Wrestling United Wrestling Network Primetime Live presents the PP Reunion live September 16th at Donkey Kong Venues at Olympic Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. Featuring the stars from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, the Heritage Champion Jordan Cruz, Jordan Clearwater, Ruby Rays, Dan Joseph, Levi Shapiro, Howdy Price, The Bodega, Beef Candy, Reno Scum, Midnight Heat, CC Chanel, and much more appearances. The devious one I've received from Circle Debate Podcast with our fellow sponsorships for the one-year primetime live anniversary for the reunion of P.P. Ray, Ray Roses, and Peter Avalon. You do not want to miss this epic event coming to you live September 16th in Don Quixote Venue, Los Angeles. Make sure you follow Old Fashioned Wrestling on their social media platforms for ticket information as the tickets are selling out like hotcakes. So make sure you purchase tickets now before it's too late, and we will see you there. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here at Circle Debate Podcast, episode 51. I hope you guys enjoyed that commercial. Remember, for all your SoCal pro, you know, pro wrestling fans out there, the tickets are selling out. There's still a little, limited amount left for next week, next Thursday, September the 16th, for the one-year primetime wrestling anniversary show, the reunion of P.P. Ray, of Ray Rosas, and Peter Avalon, which I'm looking forward to. Cesar Bernoni is going to be there, Camaro who was a former alumni of, of NXT, of NXT India. She will be there, and, and much more talents are going to be there. And we're looking forward, and we'll be vlogging, and we'll be there live, as we're all, also part of the sponsorship for that one-year anniversary show. So make sure you guys purchase tickets and you see us there. For, you know, buy us a beer. You know, you can buy money, you know, money Mike a beer. He'll tell you the reasons why he's undisputed, unrivaled, unmatched, uncensored, and undefeated. And then want to buy Matt a beer, he could he'll give you six nine reasons why he enjoyed the beer. Well, and you know, six nine reasons. Maybe, maybe not me. I got a far I got a long way to drive. So <laughs> buy me the same thing you'd buy Chris. <laughs> Chris is not a college drink. But let's get into it. It's gonna pro wrestling news. Let's get into the pro wrestling insiders 2021 top list 500. As we all know, that the number one is, by God, a pro wrestling Kenny Omega. And, of course, number two was the tribal chief himself. That is Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley at three. Drew McIntyre at four. Cody Bushi at five. John Moxley at six. Will Ospreay at seven. Finn Balor is eight. Shingo Takagi at nine. And Rich Swan at ten. So I will go with you, Matt Callis. Do you agree with these top 10? Hold on. Oh, of course. Uh -oh. Of course, uh, a god amongst insects. But he wouldn't even be number one. He would be 
you know, negative five billion if it was if it was even close in a whole other Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> oh, get out of my brain. So you agree I'd, with I'm I'd also put Finn Balor like higher on the list of anything. Was it Finn Balor's not number two? So no, he's at number eight. Yeah, I, I put him. I'd put him at. I'd put put Finn Balor at number two, founder of Bullet Club, baby. Ooh, okay, Mister Uncensored himself, Money Mike. Do you agree with that yes. top ten? Um, yeah, for the most part, actually, for all the part, I agree. Um, I'm surprised about Rich Swan. I was not expecting that, but I'm glad it's there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm glad he's up there. We need impact people to climb that ladder for sure. Um, but see, what this tells me is, and, and I, I don't know who, you know, puts this list together, but it seems like everybody's talking about it, so it must be somebody with credibility. Uh, but I will say that it goes to show that at this point in time, WWE still is on top. As much as I enjoy AEW and all that great stuff, the majority of the talent in the top 10 is WWE talent. So I don't think that's going to change so drastically anytime soon. Um, so that's why, you know, anybody saying, oh, AEW is, uh, you know, um, a side-by-side -side competitor with WWE. No, they're not, at least not yet. They gotta still keep doing what they're doing, of course. Uh, they're, they're, but time will tell. Uh, and but and this list shows that right there, the dominance of uh, of WWE. No, absolutely. And I think the reason why they put more Roman and Drew and Bobby like right to the top five is during the pandemic era. Hmm. You know, if it wasn't for Drew and Bobby and even Roman as well, you know, keeping it up as much as possible for the ratings. Which is why they were giving, you know, they're giving credit or what credit's due. And I'm giving them the credit. Uh, but there's one thing I do disagree on this one. Why isn't Walter in the top 10? Walter is hmm. at number 28. But he's not in the top 10. That's maybe, what really gets me upset. Maybe because of the caliber of challengers. I mean, not taking, uh, not taking anything away from his challengers. I actually don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't remember anybody that challenged him for the title. Um, it, it, yeah, maybe it's just because I don't watch NXT UK or whatever, but um, I do feel that maybe not top 10, maybe like top 15 it would be granted. But yeah, um, he had a long, great reign, uh, but maybe some uh, other challengers would have, maybe like a fit, if he would have gotten a win over Finn Balor, you know, I feel that maybe, you know, that yeah. is my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he could have put a great match with Finn Balor if the match would have happened. But, you know, the whole pandemic did not happen, unfortunately. Mm. But I wish Walter could have been here. But I, I can't understand why. Because, you know, you, the UK was shut down. We didn't really have much. But he did the best that he can to come to the States. Had great matches with Ciampa. Remember that one with, with Chapa? That was a great match. And also with Dragonov, too, in the both series. They were both fucking great. They were like, wow, shit. I loved it. Uh, he delivers. And his 
a never disappointing match that I by far have not seen Walter ever had mm. since his uh, his now tenure in NXT UK. I've not seen no match has been disappointing. I've enjoyed every match he delivers. Uh, but it, you know, it's understanding. At least at eleven, but they had eleven. Cody Rhodes, twelve. Randy Orton, Big E, thirteen. Darby, fourteen. Nido, fifteen. Carrying Cross, sixteen. But you know, it's a long list. But man, PWI has been doing this for such many years. They're very well known. I used to read their magazines when I was, you know, a teenager. When I go to the magazine store, oh shit, you know, if you couldn't see it on television, that was your shit to watch to know anything what's going on in pro wrestling news around the world. It's right there, right there. So. Pro Wrestling Insider. So I give kudos to them to still existing, even with the technology that we have nowadays that we're able to reach. Kudos to y'all, gentlemen, to still making magazines. Good shit. Good shit. Now, this is where I want to ask you guys this question about this one. Because it seems like WWE is in hot shit because they need to get their shit together. Because Mick Foley put out a social media video on a couple of days ago stating that WWE is no longer the spot for talent to, to go to because, you know, to be aspired to. You know, because, and then he referenced Karrion Cross. If it's not broken, why fix it? You know, with the whole gimmick bullshit with Karrion Cross, And he's saying that AEW is now the landing mark of where everyone wants to go. And WWE needs to do something because they have not done anything because WWE, nobody wants to go to WWE anymore. And even Booker T mentioned, like, I got to agree with Foley. We need to get our shit straight here in WWE. <laughs> yes, you do. A lot of things need to be taken care of. And so that's why, I mean, so I'll go to you, Money Mike, I'll take it to you. Do you agree with Mick Foley's statement? Okay. Now, I, I enjoy my, my share of WWE bashing here and there. Um, it's not over. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it's not over and not, not, not by a long shot. Um, it's interesting that Foley now is saying this, right? Um, Mick Foley went to TNA. He's been in WCW, ECW. So he's been with past competitors of WWE, right? So he knows what it's like to be on the other side. I definitely would take his um, opinion to to a high regard if I'm in WWE because I don't know if it's the writers or Vince himself or that Nick Khan guy or uh, Brother Name. Laurenitis, Mr. Bellas himself. Um, yeah, we don't know who's responsible for such bad writing. It's just okay. I'll I'll say this, and I'll say this to my to the everybody in in, in the circle debate universe um, that prior to AEW, I was or, or kind of at the start of it, I was just done with WWE. I was just like, you know what? I, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm in, and I've said it before. It's like to paraphrase the Joker. Uh, it, it's not, I'm tired of WWE and I'm tired of pretending that I'm not, you know, that it's still good, you know, to pretend that it's still good. It's not. And people are beginning to kind of say it out loud, you know, 
Um, if I'm a talent, and again, Mick Foley said this himself, if I'm a talent, I probably would not trust WWE with my career. Because if you're talking about my career, you're talking about my livelihood, you're talking about me feeding my kids, my family, you know, me getting my new house, right? If I'm going to be let go uh, if, I mean, a few months from now, I'm not going to be so sure about buying that new house or that new car because I don't know what's going to happen. If these people are going to keep me on, it's not secure, no matter where in the, in the ladder you are. And that is a terrible, terrible employment uh, atmosphere. Damn. You said it right, man. I preach the words. And now, no longer the, the nun, <laughs> he's now mad in the hat. What do you, do you agree with that? Or your thoughts as well? Nick Khan should uh, hang out with these, me and some Filipino uncles behind this one restaurant in Walnut and we'll play chess. And then maybe I'll eat fish with them. Kind of just see, I want to see how he holds together in that environment. I don't know. I, I want to see him in different environments. I've been watching a lot of Caesar Milan, mm. you know, the 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 dog whisperer, and I'm wondering how like Caesar Milan would deal with Nick Khan. Okay, what I'm gonna do here is this guy wants to screw all these wrestlers out of money, but what he doesn't know is that I have this llama here, and he's intimidated. See, he's intimidated by the llama. Look, Nick Khan's running away, but I cornered him. I tied his leash to the llama. He has nothing now. He is obedient and not screwing over the wrestler. See, we corrected the behavior. <laughs> every, every, every time he tries to fire somebody, just yeah, give him one of those. <laughs> yeah, get 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 Nikon. Nikon needs Caesar Milan. <laughs> Vince McMahon needs Caesar Milan for God's oh, sake. Yeah. You see, sure. this, he's a very old dog. He needs super nannies. Oh. What do he needs? Oh my but God. this old this old dog was a wrestling promoter who has no idea what his product is. So what we gotta do here is I'm going to tie his leash to this llama, and now he's <laughs> the same shit. Oh my God! But no, yeah, it's <sighs> this should be a wake up call. I think someone should really go to Vince. Like I think your BFF, BFF Bruce should be like. Uh, Vince, you might want to look at this very briefly. What is this, pal? What the fuck? God damn it, Mick. You know, like, yeah, you know, someone needs to show. I, I don't think, I'm pretty sure Vince saw it or at least heard about it. I'm pretty sure Vince's head is too bloop that, yeah, he he's going to be like, what? This guy hasn't been relevant in 20 years. Get this out, get it out of my face sort of thing. Then, I feel like Vince would say something like that. I, I don't know him it. personally. I believe him. I think he would. I think he doesn't give a shit. It's, and it's unfortunate he should because a lot of his people are leaving. And, you know, that's why Adam called it because why would you try to make Adam – this is rumor your window, by the way. just want to throw this out there very briefly before I mention it. We're not Seltzer and his other sidekick piece of shit. We're just here giving our opinions. Just our fucking opinion. But, yes. Adam Cole is a manager for Keith Lee and changing his name because we already have a, a Cole, like a Michael Cole. What's up with that? Why would you want to do that for Adam Cole? The, 
see, you, you, you said it right there, Mike. This is why I don't trust WWE with my career. You're going to make this man a manager to the main roster, to Keith Lee, to the man that he passed the torch to in NXT, losing the NXT title to Keith Lee. What? WTF, Mike. What the fuck, man? You know, it reminds me of when they changed Nikki Cross to Nikki A.S.H. because of Karrion Cross. They didn't want two different unrelated crosses being on the same brand. Stupid. Stupid as hell. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't even know what. I don't even think Matt has something to say about it. What do you guys have to say about it, man? Like, really? There's, there's, there's been a lot of wrestlers with the same last names and surnames and all kinds of things that have nothing to do with each other, you know? So there's a lot of different, especially when they're different genders and different leagues, you know, different sexes, different leagues. Like, like what? You got Kara Hogan. We obviously know Kara Hogan has nothing to do with Hulk Hogan. Or um, what was it? What's her name? Stark? With the, with the last name Stark? She has nothing to do with Tony Stark or whoever, Star or, or Game of Thrones or whatever. She's got nothing to do with those Starks either. So we got a lot of common last name people that, you know, I'm Bill Johnson. Well, do you have anything to do with Jane Johnson? Nope. It's obvious. Obvious. If, if, and Vince, man, he, he picks and chooses who he does this to. Vince, if, if you really were a, a man that does this, yeah, I'm talking to you, McMahon, straight up. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Pal. Better listen up right now. <laughs> if, you, if you're about that life, then change Nick Khan's name. Just call, him, <laughs> just call him Nick from now on because he's has the same last name as your competitor Tony Khan. How about and Nick Shao Khan too? Nick Bong. <laughs> Nick Gong. How about that? Nick Gong. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I want to. We do wish and, and see because of all this bullshit. I I know it has nothing to do with it, but you never know. I mean, with Paul Levesque having that cardiac. You know, bad surgery for his heart. You know, we wish him speedy recovery. You know, best wishes. I'm, I'm, the man is 50 years old. I'm pretty sure he's like, he's probably, he's stressed the fuck out because of this type of bullshit. And then you're going to ruin his baby NXT. The shit that he brought to you, he brought you all these independent wrestlers, meshed them up together, created history, and now you're deteriorating. Ah. <sighs> Well, we wish you the best, you know, trips to get, you know, a speedy recovery. And uh, you know what? Just sell your stocks, man. Go to All Elite. Go help them out with Dark and Elevation over there. To hell with this, man. Let, let Vince bury NXT. You, you, that's it. You know, you know, it is what it is. You know? I know, you know, we're, we'll talk about that next week because, you know, there's the new rebrand. So it's next week on that wedding day for mm -hmm. Indian. Yeah, it's next It's Tuesday. the new NXT. The, NXT, the new the and new improved NXT. <laughs> NXT? Yes, Holy moly. Oh, gosh. Yes, the yes. memes. I know, right? And then, of course, we do have WWE to just signed the gold Olympic gold medalist, the wrestler himself, uh, Gable Stevenson. So now he's signed with WWE. His childhood dream just became true. So now you have someone that you could develop. Do you see this individual being the next Kurt Angle? I don't know about that. I big question that. So, what did he win? In gold medal what category in, pro in wrestling? wrestling. 
and freestyle wrestling. So he's another gold medalist in wrestling. Um, okay, all right. I mean, I'm intrigued to say the least. But as we know, it's not just the in-ring skills, especially with Vince. Can he talk? There you go. Will he be able to? I feel like that's going to be a huge, huge thing, piece of the puzzle there. Um, can he speak? Can he cut a promo and entertain people? Uh, in storylines, you know, Kurt Angle was such a, a one-in-a-generation uh, performer that, you know, he had the skills and he had the comedic ability to wear a little cowboy hat, play guitar so terribly, um, all that great stuff. And still, Rey Mysterio's a little boy, and I love playing <laughs> with little boys. Exactly. Yes, yes. I'm going to manhandle you, you, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> oh, my God. That show's hilarious. <laughs> Let's see what this guy has got. I'm not writing him off by any means, but he's got some big shoes to fill in that department. Mm -hmm. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. And now let's get old. Oh. Interesting. Another one here that I'm not sure if you guys have known and to our audiences and our listeners and viewers is watching. Netflix is taking out a movie on October 5th with <laughs> New Day and The Undertaker called Escape the Undertaker. So this is uh, this is very intriguing that Netflix came to an agreement doing a movie about uh, New Day trying to get out of the haunted house, which is The Undertaker's. So I'll go with you, Matt Callis, are, are you intrigued of this upcoming horror film, you might want to quote on that, um, coming out on October 5th? It, it wouldn't be fitting for Undertaker to play in Oregon. It'd be better for him to be, like, busting a guitar solo or something like that there, hmm. you know. But um, I like that. I've been wanting more wrestling on Netflix ever since we don't have Lucha Underground. I know. So, I, you know, Netflix is a great place pro wrestling it's it i mean if we had like a fifth level promotion on netflix japanese or english maybe both oh, hell i'm down with all with every country in the world having a wrestling show on netflix but um the this in particular will be a fun watch you know i hope this one actually gets a lot of hype i already got i already got a few uh watch nights in mind oh a few watch night get togethers in mind I'm going to make a little bit of that chocolate bark to go along with this. Oh. So, you know, and I'll maybe I'll put on my Pharaoh, my, my nun outfit again. <laughs> Just for that. Hey, that's, there's one way. The power of, of Heidi Fleiss compels you, Undertaker. The power of Fleiss compels you. <laughs> the power of Fleiss compels you. <laughs> Money, Mike, are you excited for, are you intrigued of this upcoming film? No and no. I'm <laughs> no. It's, no. I like it's I'm gonna like it better than I'm gonna like this better than Hocus Pocus, to be honest. Oh my god. I never finished Hocus Pocus. Um yeah. Uh, okay, so listen. Um no. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Can I'll, we do it? Can we go at the same time? Ready, ready? One, two, three. Why what would you, would you do, do that? that? Oh gosh, we okay. need that to make. We need to make that one of our shirts. Yes, we, we need to. <laughs> but it's like this, us. It's like an anime version of us doing this. <laughs> um, listen, I'm not of the demographic 
they're, they're not making this for me. I really, really don't think so. I feel like this is going to be some Scooby-Doo stuff uh, for <laughs> kids. And I'm sure plenty of kids will enjoy it and more power to them. Trick-or-treating sure sure treating movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be like a, a family film, right? It's not gonna be see no evil or uh, you know something uh, or whatever Texas Chainsaw or nothing like that. Um, it's gonna be for for families, right? New Day, Undertaker, WWE, Wendy and involved. Casper, Wendy and Casper, all that good stuff, right? Um, but it's for kids. It's not for me. So of course I'm not gonna like it. Or who knows? Maybe just maybe uh, I'll take a watch uh, and um maybe maybe the heart is not closed after all <laughs> maybe it, it, the the door not the forbidden door the door is uh cracking open a little bit there we'll see and and, and to be honest this is not the first netflix uh film that they've done together they did the uh, what was it called the main event or whatever where the Miz oh, was on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the kid was the WWE superstar. Yeah, yeah. Like a Power Rangers Turbo sort of style. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, Mike, I wonder if it's going to get to the point where, like, Undertaker and the New Day are, New Day are going to go up to the camera. What was your favorite part of the movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my favorite, too. It's like Dora the Explorer, you know? Uh, no. And it's like, Coochie Coo. <laughs> your mom and your mom and dad are proud of you. Where, where's my bottle of uh, of blackened? Yeah, you gonna, might. Well, yeah, you might have to uh, drink. Take, take I'm gonna have to. That. I'm gonna have to finish this bottle. You know, solid just to get through that thing. Um, but yes, <laughs> there you go. Like uh, they send you a baby binky in the with the movie or something. <laughs> oh uh, man, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Oh, it's like, oh no, he's gonna do it. Yes, now I know what we need to do to have Mike take shots with us. I just gotta talk about like baby stuff, you know, like crib shop. Those dogs, yes, daddy's gonna tell you why would you do that for sure. <laughs> All right, very briefly, just going to jump on a niche panel news very quick. With the announcement already of G1 Classic, the G1 Climax, excuse me, is out and about Block A and Block B. Not the best one because we all know that New Japan right now, majority of them are in the States. And right now with the whole pandemic era, this is a big scary moment for New Japan because at any time and given, if one of them gets COVID, they're fucked on that tournament for a fact. Uh, that's a major fact that I'm really putting it out to but I'll put I'll name very briefly who the, you know the participants on this G1 climax coming up start, starting on September the 18th, all the way to October the 21st. The G, you know, so we'll see who. To remind you, the winner. To remind everybody how the G1 works once again, the winner of this overall to go by points, the winner of it will will go into the finals with one of the other block persons finals, and the winner of that will get a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom in January. So the participant in Block A, we have Great Okan, Kota Ibushi, Tomoyo Ishii, Kenta, Tangaloa, Tetsuya Naito, Zack Zombrey Jr., Shingo Takagi, and Yujiro Takashi, and Toru Yano on Block A. Block B, we got Jeff Cobb, Evo, uh, Hiroki Goto, uh, Okada, Chase Owens, Sanada, Taichi, 
Tanahashi, Tamatanga, Yoshihashi. So, Agora, you, Matt Callis, are you kind of intrigued with this, you know, upcoming G1? And who do you feel that will probably will take it? I think because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of outsiders in in this picture. It might go back to the yeah outsiders. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, actually, sorry, sorry, my a little bit of uh, a little bit of the evening June bugs kind of got me. Sorry, there's not a lot of outsiders in this due to uh, COVID and whatnot. So Japan's a little bit more closed off. But I think this could be the opportunity. Maybe I wouldn't be against them getting Okada getting the belt back because he's been like the standard holder, you know, because I mean, Okada or Sonata. Sonata hasn't had the belt yet. Maybe it could be his chance. There's another, there's another chance for him. So there's a lot of a lot of different things. But Okada getting that belt back from Shingo would be, uh, I guess, an interesting occurrence. You know, Wrestle Kingdom, there should there should be a lot of those matches built up will probably be seen in like late fall is probably what we'll see. Late fall, December, we'll we're not we're not gonna see those matches built up till really late, like a lot later in this year before January. Right. So so especially what the like once they get things under control with COVID in Japan, they're gonna really wanna bring over uh, a lot more of the, the foreigners because Jay White's over here, Minoru Suzuki's here, a lot of them are here in the United States. And once again, the forbidden door goes both ways. If I were them, I would have done it here in the States. Yeah, and have the uh, considering they should have done that. Bring everybody here to the G1. You know how much it will sell out here if you do it, put it like do it like the Olympic style, go to different states. Okay, have it let's do it here for a two night event. Another another stay here for two night, two night there. Two, it will, and then ended in Madison Square Garden for the finals, or at least Wrestle Kingdom have it in the states. You know, I'd be until, okay with. I'd be good with Stable Center too. Or even SoFi. Shit, have it here in LA. SoFi. Oh my god, yeah. I will go crazy excited. And yes, they do. They go San Diego. Go San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Diego and San Francisco have pretty sizable Japanese populations. Exactly. Absolutely. San Fran. I would have gone with San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco too. Levi Stadium. Oh, my God. Yes, Vegas. Baby. Yes. list goes on. Yeah. Reno. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done know? all that, man. But we're, we're looking could, forward to it. They could do, they could do the Napa wine, winery, you know. They could, <laughs> we could chill at the Napa winery. We could, they could do it at Roseville right on the border of Oregon. Just to be like, we're here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. So, we're looking forward to see how that will work out for New Japan uh, with the G1. So, hopefully, fingers crossed for them. We'll pray for them the best. Hopefully, nobody gets, you know, COVID out there and move forward with the tournament. But I still recommend to have it here. But, you know, teach yourself. Now, want to go ahead very briefly, two more topics before we end the show. One, don't forget this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, we do have Ring of Honor, which is Death Before Dishonored is this Sunday. Make sure you purchase that on ringofhonor.com. A uh, great, actually, a card coming up. We do have uh, the Honor Rumble, which will be a part a 15-man tr- uh, battle royal on the pre-show. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, uh, I heard there's a couple surprises coming, so I'm excited to see who's going to be that will be coming out in that Rumble, that little battle royale. And, of course, we do have uh, the tournament finals for the women's 
uh, Ring of Honor Women's Championship, which congratulations to Roxy and for Miranda Elise for signing with Ring of Honor. Congratulations, you well-deserved women. Uh, both of you guys are phenomenal athletes. Been knowing your careers from the independent circuits all over, you know, and the AEW as well on Dark and Elevation. Congratulations to both of you guys. Well-deserved. You guys deserve that. And I cannot wait for the future we'll hold for you and Ring of Honor for, you know, Women of Honor. And kudos to Maria Canales, too. She's doing an incredible job to build that women's division as well. Like Mickey James doing with NWA, Maria Canales is doing it for Ring of Honor. So I'm, I'm very happy for, you know, for these, you know, legends of like Maria and Mickey herself providing the best pro wrestling content, women of wrestling, you know, all over the world. So I'm very happy for that. We do have the Ring of Honor World title in a four-way four uh, matchup, which is Bandito defending the Ring of Honor Championship versus Brody King, Demonic Flamita, and EC3. So that's going to be an interesting fatal four-way. We also have Jonathan Gresham defending the Pure Championship versus Josh Woods. That's going to be a very interesting match. And then we do have the six-man tag of Ring of Honor World titles being defended. The Shane Tanner Promotions. As they're defending the title versus La Paxión Ingobernable, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and La Bestia del Ring. Of course, right now that Rush had a medical emergency with his knee, so he's out for the rest of the year, so we won't see him quite some time in Ring of Honor. Uh, best, you know, best of luck for him and to get his speed of recovery. And also we have the returns of two former NXT alumni's facing each other, and that is Jake Atlas versus Taylor Rust, formerly known as Tyler Rust from Diamond Mine, as they will be colliding in the singles match in that pay-per-view. And then you have, on a six-man tag, you have Violence Unlimited, which is Homicide, Chris Dickinson, Tony Deppen versus John Walters, LSG, and Lee Morty, who just signed with AEW. Congratulations, Lee. Uh, Tony Khan signed you right after the Joey Janela match that you had on Dark with him. Congratulations, well-deserved. Uh, and then also we have the Briscoe Brothers versus Matt Taven and Mike Bennett and Dalton Castle versus Eli Ism. So make sure you tune in to ringofhonor.com. Make sure you watch that pay-per-view. It's going to be an epic night, and I uh, cannot wait to see who will be the first crowned women's champion. And the winner of that will face Chelsea Green is room in your window. So I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to be that one facing Chelsea for that Women of Honor World Championship. Now, let's get into finally the topic that we would want to talk about. Been holding this for last because I want to savor it and just taste it. Just taste it. And that is, right, ladies and gentlemen, the last ending topic of the net. Yes, let's see, Money Mike is doing it right. <laughs> and that is KO, Kevin Owens' contract will be expiring next year, 2022, in January. As we did see all over social media, he posted the coordinates of Mount Rushmore. And of course, people are not familiar with Mount Rushmore. Of course, he has a pro wrestling gorilla alongside with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. We go back and YouTube that even other uh, media sources, but I'm not going to say it with me. Uh, that you're able to actually look for those matches and how that faction became in fruition. And I was even part of it too when I was there too, alongside with what a mess Robert Sprata seeing them there as well. Uh, but definitely... Looks like he's giving hints here that he might not be staying. And there's also another one, too. Sammy Sang. His is coming up in the fall. El and Generico. So El Generico might be leaving, too, right after KO. 
So is he putting will, back on the mask? Is he putting back on the mask? I have no idea. I don't know. But I will go with you, Matt Callis. I'll go with you, Matt Callis. I want you to let the people know and give the people what they want. Curtis Dirty Heels, we love you, brothers. Much love. Your thoughts about these rooming your windows and do you see them staying or going to A-E-W? Well, I got two words for you. Cradle pile driver. Oh, yes! <laughs> he couldn't... That move is definitely banned from, from WWE. He can't do that at all. Hell no. At all. AEW, you see that Lucia Brothers use it. There's a few... Uh, Pentagon did it on his own on Kenny. So... Even during the all-in match, like shout out to Big Kev said Excalibur to, to Kevin Owens during all-in. So we're going to see Kevin Owens's or Kevin Steen kill Steen kill. Man, I, I don't think we've ever gotten to hear kill Steen kill in a full-size arena like that. That's going to be really cool to hear kill Steen kill again. You know, what was it for Kevin? Fight Kevin. Fight, fight Kevin. Fight. Fight Kevin. Fight. I like fight, kill scene, scene, fight, fight, scene, fight. Kill scene, kill is so cool. Yes. Like, I, I can't wait to hear that one again. You know, let's bring that back. He didn't, we, we saw him against Nakamura way back in the day. But bring him on. Let's get it. Let's, let's see him against more of the guys. Kevin, Kevin is uh, very underrated in the pro wrestling world, you know. In the Japanese world. Because you have 69 reasons why he's underrated, right? Very, very underrated. Definitely underrated. You know, I, I he would have been really great to have against Misawa if he was still around. But, um, no. <laughs> it would... Marfuji, you know, Marfuji and Kev would be really cool. And I'm not going to shut up about it until Keiji Mudo finally, like, fully retires. But uh, this is one of those... In, moments where you need to strike while the iron's hot no matter what the casual fans say or what you are worried of what they might say the fact keiji muto is older it's keiji muto bring him over lay down that money if there's anybody a if i was tony khan right now i'd pay whatever amount of money keiji muto wanted you know he could open up he could open up a, a yakiniku restaurant right next to the staples center and i and i'd go there all the time Mm. So. <laughs> All right. The uncensored, the unrivaled, the unmatched, the undisputed. Talk we always you. we always talk about all oh, giving the people what they want. What what, what about what I want? Huh? <laughs> what about me? What about me? It's it should have been me. It should have been me. Everybody talks about that, but what about me? What, what about what? Give me what I want. Give me what I want now. That's not what I want. Give me what I want. Give me I what want I that want. Right. What, what's that? You want Kevin Owens in AEW? Well, so do I. And so does a lot of people. And you know what? We might just get it. I wouldn't doubt it, man. He's posting cryptic messages. Now, Sure. Could this be a, a ploy to get more money out of WWE? Maybe. But really, like, I don't know. I feel like they haven't booked them well at all this year. From the whole, um, 
the whatchamacallit, uh, the, the thing that happened where Heyman was supposed to unlock Roman Reigns uh, and all that stuff. And uh, honestly, I don't even, probably because I don't watch the product, but I don't even know what Kevin Owens is up, is up to nowadays. You know, who is he feuding with? Nobody really is more in commentary because Pat McAfee had COVID. McAfee? Uh, and that's another thing. That's any, uh, I digress. Anywho, <laughs> Kevin Owens, I'm sure he wants to be in on the action, all in the action. And I would not be surprised about uh, a change to AEW. What about Sammy? Sammy, uh, if one goes, the other goes, I feel. It, it seems like those, go, those guys are tied uh, you know, together almost. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would not doubt it at all. Would do you feel that WWE will offer the figures to, to KO and Sammy to stay to avoid them to go to AEW? Do you think they have the guts to do that? You know what? It's interesting because if what we've heard is true, that Vince wants, you know, tall dudes and a certain type of person, KO and Sammy do not fit that description. Um, so I'm not so sure if they're going to offer them what they want, what they really, really want, right? So, yeah, it, it'll be definitely interesting to to see how <clears throat> or hear about how that negotiation goes. Yeah, I can't wait either to see what's going to happen. And, and it seems that of what supposedly rumor window is that KO has creative control. And is able to decide what he wants to do or not to do. Um, but he could have that over there too. Very true. Uh, and you know, and remind you that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn—they're best friends with the Young Bucks. They go way back, even with Adam Cole too, during the PWG era, the Ring of Honor eras. I mean, shit. At least Paul Levesque stopped Samoa Joe from going. Because Samoa is another one that is also a buddy buddies with the Bucks as well and with everybody else in AEW. He could have gone. But Paul made it make sure, nope, I need him. <laughs> and it's it seems that everybody's going to jump ship eventually. Nakamura is going to be another one. <laughs> Finn Balor is another please, one, too. Please, Nakamura, please. That's what I, I want. want. I want Finn Balor to jump. I, yep. Man. All, All the, the board club lines. leaders. Yeah, AJ. Oh my God, I feel like that that probably won't happen. But man, if I, I if AJ jumps, man, that's like it's over for WWE. It's over, yeah, yeah, it's over. You just lost. It's everything. over now, freaking Scorpio. Nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> but it's gonna it's gonna be over. If AJ Finn knock a get over throw, here, KO and Sammy, all those five top talents that they had for 2016 for so many years, leave the company. They're done. They have to rely now on Roman. They I have mean, to now push on Seth Rollins now. And that's something that you don't want to do because you're going to make him irrelevant because you have him on TV every week by week by week. But be that's already happening Oh, now. yeah, I, I know that. But, but they won't have epic storylines with other opponents because all that is done. Okay, enough, enough. Comment, please, if you're watching this, comment, why do you watch WWE still? I, I, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I want to know why people watch it. I think they miss your, um, your debate with David Gomez. 
Um, probably. I don't know. Better but tell see, him. Yeah. Uh, David. Oh, you know. Get back on here. Tell me, why do you watch it? Why would <laughs> you, you do, do, that? do that to your poor eyes? Scorpio. Uh. Scorpion from uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat is going to get the whole WWE roster to AEW. Like, get over here. Mm-hmm. You got that right. It's it's about to happen, man. I mean, get over here. If it does, I uh, just wish. I think if that, if, look, how I feel is if it does happen, then TNT will give Rampage another out. And if you do that, then it's made. Because and plus you don't need to do a brand split or none of that bullshit because you're able to develop and create different stories. We got the just way how they're doing it in Dynamite, adding different talents every other Wednesday, every other Friday. It's alternate become, it, yeah. Exactly. Al- alternate it. Absolutely. hundred percent. And that's the WWE's major problem. That they never do that. At the time when they had the biggest roster at the time, they were not able to do that. But hey, if this I'll, is- I'll just I'll just let them ha- have Jeff Hardy running around for the twenty four seven title. Oh my god, I heard about that. It's, it's, it's horrible. That's not that's not good shit. Why would you do, do that? Why would you do that? Jesus. Yeah. Do I have to? Yeah, drink the whole bottle. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in here, episode seventy-one. Oh man, this was uh, an epic night that we all had. Us, the brothers, being together, watching all out. It was... Ivan, can I can I share some breaking news? Oh shit! Uh-oh. Breaking news. Oh, please. Breaking, breaking news. news. Breaking news. AEW. Has, has actually apologized, and Minoru Suzuki is going to, to challenge Moxley next week. Confirmed? Confirmed. It's wow. On the, it's, on the, it's on the AEW Twitter. So Interesting. So that's breaking news for you. So See, oh. it goes to show, man. They, they listen. They listen to the they fans. They listen, absolutely. They don't want to... They they pissed off the New Japan fans and they don't want want that door to close. Mm. So they're giving me what I want. That's not what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me Give what me. I want. It looks like we are gonna see the reunion of Suzuki Gun, Lance Archer and Minoru versus Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Don't be surprised. I'm calling it here first. It's gonna happen. Let's let's get some more Suzuki Gun. I, I want some more members. Over there. Bring me Zack Zombre Jr., damn it. Bring Zach him Saber. here. Zack Saber, that dude with the pipe. You know, tai that Chi, dude I want Tai Chi here too. Yeah, Tai yeah. Chi and, and Miho Abe. Yes. You know. Oh, yes. I want them all. Give she me what I want. The, she would be interesting in the female the women's division. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Suzuki Goon Woman. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed your Friday today. Enjoy it. I'm glad you guys are listening to us as well. To all of our audio platform listeners and all of our viewers, subscribers, thank you so much for tuning in here at episode 71. We'll be back next week. We'll try to figure it out because next Thursday we are being a live event and we'll see how we're going to work this out. We might put on a special episode on Thursday 
discussing about Dynamite very briefly and other pro wrestling event news and giving us our thoughts about the revamp of NXT coming up next week. So I'm looking forward to speak about that and see what the revamp's all about. Now, I just once again, want to thank all of our audio platform listeners from all over the world that just recently just that we were oh from Colombia. Muchas gracias por uh, escuchar aquí el Circo del Debate. Se lo agradezco todo mucho, todo de Colombia. Así que, hey, muchas gracias por el apoyo y soporte que nos ha dado a ustedes ahí desde Colombia que están escuchando y también todas las, todo Centroamérica y todo México. También gracias por el apoyo y el soporte que nos ha dado aquí en Circo Debate. Y también, I, even though I don't speak Portuguese, but, you know, Brazil, Brazil, another new viewer, another new viewer. No, I'll, say, I'll say something to mais gostoso, gostoso. What did you Amor, say? Amo a você. Bore yeah. luta. AEW. Boa tarde. Boa tarde. Bom dia. Gostoso. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to speak Portuguese, but I'll try to learn That's, next time. I, I'm just saying delicious. Fergalicious? <laughs> Fergalicious? <laughs> they, they, they all delicious. Yeah, Fergalicious like Finn Balor. There you go, Fergalicious. But yes, and also to all of our people around the world, up in up north Canada as well, thank you so much for listening and watching here, Circle Debate, and also from the UK as well. Uh, we thank you so much as well. And of course, Switzerland and Germany. So of course, I'm going to let Mike go ahead and let our Germany, our Germany listeners out there, what do we do here at Circle Debate? And him thanking them for listening and tuning in. Ja, danke alle, alles unsere Freunde bei Deutschland und Köln und äh, Sweden und ähm, und, und alles, alles Europe. Äh, danke für hören Sie Circle of Debates. Wir lieben Sie. Äh, guten Abend, guten Tag. Äh, alles. Äh, tschüss. Muah. Danke. Danke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. Uh, there you go. And also to our listeners in India as well. Thank you very much for also tuning in all over the world from India. And we, we wish you everyone for the best. And also here in the States, well, California, all of our SoCal pro wrestling fans and around all over the U.S., the East Coast, Midwest, and here in the West Coast as well. So we'll be back with another one next week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll keep you updated, but don't forget to tune in this Sunday, our top five, which is our top five best babyface turns. What do you have on last weekend? Because we were busy watching all out and we had to be in tune in. So we did not take out a top five, but you'll see it this Sunday, our top five babyface turns that we enjoyed very much and much more coming. So before I let everyone go, I'm gonna go ahead and have my brothers here to close it out of here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say to the undefeated, to the undisputed, to the unrivaled, to the unmatched, to the uncensored. And crack a barrel because he'll, he's cracking a barrel right now because Matt pissed him off all day today. Nothing to get up on. Money, Mike Lopez. Money. By God, a podcast is Mike, Mike Lopez. And of course, this individual yes. that 
because we don't just make podcasts, we make history. Ooh. I was yep. I was gonna say we don't just make we don't just make podcasts. We make pudding pops and spin rims and forty ounce. <laughs> and ice cream bars. Ice Ooh. cream bars, there you go. And of course, the six nine man from the with the six nine reasons for the six nine questions and the six nine answers. Because he loves that six nine. <laughs> <laughs> Holy that crap. Matt MGC Don Catastimbo for us saying we bitch you do good day and good night. <laughs>